This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history. From memes to movements, see how this powerful online community shapes culture and society. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. Jennifer Lawrence has starred in The Hunger Games, played a member of the X-Men, and won an Oscar. She hasn't done a ton of broad comedy until now. She makes a left turn in No Hard Feelings, in which rich helicopter parents hire a woman to seduce their teenage son in the hopes that he'll come out of his shell in time for college. I'm Stephen Thompson, and today we are talking about No Hard Feelings on Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, A People's History, from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Directed by Prentice Penny, executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter, A People's History, tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. This message comes from NPR sponsor Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor REI Co-op. REI has gear, clothing, classes, and advice for camping and glamping, biking and hiking, axing and snacksing. Visit your local REI co-op or REI.com for the million and one ways to opt outside. What does it mean to be black in America? In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as black experiences, you'll hear... It means everything. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcast. Joining me today is the co-host of Slate's ICYMI podcast and former pop culture happy hour producer, Candace Lim. Candace, welcome back. Oh, my God. Steven! Hi. Hey, buddy. Hi. I'm so happy to see you. You too. Uh, so No Hard Feelings is an R-rated comedy starring Jennifer Lawrence as Maddie, a woman in her early 30s who lives in Montauk. When her car is repossessed by an ex, no less, she does what surely any of us would do under the circumstances. She answers an ad in which parents seek a young woman who will date, date is in scare quotes, their 19-year-old son in exchange for a free car. The parents in question are played by Laura Benanti and Matthew Broderick, and the son in question is Percy, played by Andrew Barth Feldman. And it soon becomes clear that, yes, they would like Maddie to have sex with Percy, and that it has to happen before Percy heads off to Princeton in the fall. She takes the job, and all sorts of wild antics and bad decisions ensue. No Hard Feelings was directed by Gene Stupnitsky, who worked on The Office, and it was written by Stupnitsky and John Phillips. They both worked on the movie Good Boys. No Hard Feelings is in theaters now, Candace, what did you think of the movie? Man, I think this movie is totally fine. It's not bad. I do think if you walk in expecting to LOL, hee hee ha ha, you will do that. (laughs) I will say that I had two worries about this film. The first one being, would all the funny parts be exposed in the trailer? And would that kind of deter the experience a little bit? I think that did happen. But the second thing for me 
is that I wondered if this was going to be a comedy that leaned on premise, meaning, Mm. you know, when you think about your favorite shows, let's talk about The Office, Mm -hmm. like the premise of The Office isn't actually funny. What's funny are the moments that come from characters that are well built and cared for. And with this, I felt like they did lean a lot on a funnier premise than a funnier moments. Because, you know, I will admit I laughed at a lot of things, but I also think they kept coming back to stakes that weren't that high. Mm. I mean, I understand that the whole point was that Jennifer Lawrence, because, you know, when you write a story, the whole thing is what does the main character want? Jennifer Lawrence wants a car. Right. And I was like, okay, (laughs) I get that you want a car, but I'm not exactly sure if we are reminded of how important that car is because the whole thing is that she's like an Uber driver and she makes money off that. She is trying to keep her mother's house because she's got to pay taxes on it or something like that. I think I just didn't feel like I could always be on her side or always sympathize with her. On the flip side, I'll say this. I think this is the perfect showcase for Jennifer Lawrence. Mm. I loved her in this. I think this is exactly the direction she needs to go because I do think there's a little bit of a... I'm not going to call it senioritis. I'm just going to say I tend to notice that when you win an Oscar, sometimes you don't put in your 10 out of 10 effort into it. (laughs) But I think Jennifer Lawrence is one of those actresses who wants to do good things. Like she wants to do good projects and she wants to read the script. She wants to be a producer from day one. And I sense that here. However, with all of that said, a lot of reviews are saying this movie is like bringing back the comedy to theaters or bringing back the summer blockbuster. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's true. That movie was Bridesmaids. But that's okay because I think this is a step in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I do think that it does stand out amid a lot of summer movie fare in 2023 that mm-hmm. I think we used to get kind of more of these broader R-rated sex comedies, rom-coms, than we're getting now. And, and I think people are reacting to that and to a decline in a kind of cinematic middle class mm. where movies that are not like really small Oscars-y dramas or big tentpole IP $250 million movies are really Mm -hmm. struggling to find purchase in theaters in the age of streaming. And I think in that way, this movie kind of stands out as the sort of movie we're not getting as much of as we used to. Now, whether it is saving the comedy or saving the rom-com or bringing them back, that really remains to be seen, I think, based on box office that we don't know about as of this taping. To me, I agree with a lot of what you're saying about the stakes of this film. As much as the premise is really broad, it's pretty clear where this story is going to go. This screenplay is kind of leaning on some big ideas about gentrification. Mm -hmm. She's being kind of priced out of her childhood home. Just the sheer existence of all these rich people who are moving into this area are driving up her taxes and making it hard for her to stay there. But the movie doesn't really do a lot with that other than kind of setting the stakes a little bit. It's not necessarily leaning into that. It's got some ideas about helicopter parenting. These parents who are who are hiring her are of this breed of like hyper meddling parents. And what kind of kids does that make? What how does that prepare people for the world? I kind of wanted the movie to lean into these ideas a little bit more Agreed. instead of kind of using them to set up 
this plot that kind of winds up on rails once it's getting into to the kind of wacky comedy mishaps, people make bad decisions, and antics ensue. I wanted them to take another pass at this screenplay. Yeah. Because yep. to me, there's some good ideas here. There are some chemistry here. I think Jennifer Lawrence is really funny and is leaning into a side of her acting toolkit that she doesn't always get to lean into. I wanted, I think, the humor of this film to be a little sharper. I think it it lags a little bit in times where I feel mm-hmm. like there just need to be a few more jokes. But I did find myself kind of bopping along with it and enjoying it because I enjoy these performers so much. A hundred percent. And I think it's like very funny because I'm about to give very ironic advice, which is that <laughs> I was attracted to this movie for two things. The first one being it's less than two hours. Congratulations. <laughs> the second thing being that the director slash co-writer is Gene Stupnitsky, who just came out with Jury Duty, a show that this team loves. <laughs> and so I was walking in thinking, like, that's the comedy I'm going to get here because you've evolved since Bad Teacher, right? <laughs> I don't think that's true. I think we all have evolved since Bad Teacher. That's true. That's true. And the other thing is that I think narratively... I found so many opportunities for them to turn left when they went straight. So, for example, so there's a movie that I love that I think does a really good job of script and chemistry, and it's How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. This is Kate Hudson, Matthew McConaughey. Something I think that movie does well is it puts its characters in a ruse that works multiple times. So they go on, like, multiple dates. They have multiple, you know, moments of comedy because they're trying to kind of, like, fool each other. That's what I think this movie was missing, where they only spent maybe two days or what felt like two dates together where Jennifer Lawrence has to keep up this ruse that she's not being paid by his parents to go out with him. And I wish they had gone one more time, just one more date, one more rotation, one more permutation to make the farce and to make the ruse more believable. The second thing I would have loved, I would have loved if the kid picked up on it early Mm -hmm. and said, let's fool my parents together. Yes. Let's go to dinner. Let's get crazy. Let's put the R in raunchy and let's make them pay for what they did. Mm -hmm. That to me would have just been a better premise because if I connected to jury duty a little bit, jury duty is about a guy who doesn't know what's going on around him, but there is comedy in that. Mm -hmm. Is this kid also not some guy who's pretty plain and nice like a chicken breast, who basically has to be played with as a game piece in order to achieve an agenda for both parties, his parents and Jennifer Lawrence. Yes. But I think what I'm connecting with you on, Stephen, is the fact that I spent so much of this movie trying to punch it up. Mm -hmm. I spent so much of this movie trying to make it better, which is not really the job of an audience. The job of an (laughs) audience for an R-rated comedy is to, you know, Go to AMC on a Friday night, have a little date night, hold hands. Come out changed. It is It is. A, it is a AMC. Exactly. Exactly. And even though I had fun, I also think that there were multiple movies in this movie. Mm-hmm. So, for example, this theme of, let's say, doing something big before you go off to college. Mm-hmm. That is well-trod ground. Exactly. If you wanted that theme... From the parents' perspectives, go watch Blockers, starring Mm -hmm. John Cena. Love that movie. It's fun. If you want that theme from the child's perspective, so in this case... Book smart. Book smart. There you go. Thank (laughs) you. By the way, both of those films, by women. Both of those films, by women who dated Jason Sudeikis. And so I'm just saying... Maybe that's what's missing a little bit because, you know, in the press notes for this film... Dating Jason Sudeikis is what's missing. Unfortunately, yes. So, Gene, 
datum. Anyway, I, you know, in the press notes for this movie, Jean said that Jennifer Lawrence was the perfect person for this film because she was like a broy type of girl. And I was like, ah, okay. I know what that's code for. I think what actually would make Jennifer Lawrence a supreme comedy star the next time she takes an aim at it is working with someone who can push her up as a female character because that's what I think was a little weak here. I don't think the female character was being seen through her perspective, but through someone else's perspective. I didn't love it. Mm. And it's interesting because I felt like there's an imbalance in star power here. Yeah, yeah. Like Jennifer Lawrence is a massive, massive, massive star. Andrew Barth Feldman, I think, holds his own. But I don't think there's necessarily a ton of fleshing out of his character either. It's not necessarily one of those male gaze movies where the only perspective we're presented with is the guy. I don't think it necessarily really knows who he is either or is that Mm -hmm. interested in who he is either. I had a little bit of the same reaction you did, Candace, where I wanted him to have a little more agency and a little more of a sense of like and what the journey he's going on is all about. I don't necessarily think it's got a ton of clarity on either of these characters. I do think it's fun. I don't want to necessarily spend the whole conversation cutting this movie down because I did sit there kind of bopping along with it and enjoying it. I wanted a little bit more subterfuge. I wanted a little bit more who's Zoom and who. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm really glad you brought up um, Andrew Barth Feldman's character because My ironic advice is even though I love a shorter movie, I wish they had taken 15 minutes and given it to him. Mm -hmm. Because here's the deal. In the movie, they kind of explain why he's this like loner kid who only has online friends and whatever. But I was like, I feel like there is a deeper reason that if we just dug a little more, if we actually fleshed out the motivations of a character who frankly doesn't want to be bothered, I think we could get somewhere, but we didn't get that opportunity. And on the other half of it, Jennifer Lawrence throughout the entire film drops these little trauma nuggets of like, Mm -hmm. my mom died, my dad never knew me, I'm sad and I drive an Uber. I used to date Evan Moss Backrack. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I understand that these are kind of like supposed to make me relate to you on that level. But when you, I think Glenn calls it like putting a lampshade on. It's just decoration, but it's not telling me anything about you because it doesn't even like come to fruition until the end when she, you know, makes all these big changes. It's the realization that you don't have to be stuck here anymore. Yeah, you mentioned Eben Moss Backrack. I fell in love with him watching The Bear. I think he's such a good actor. But he plays the tow truck driver who she used to date, and then we don't really get much of him. Natalie Morales turns up in this film. I love Natalie Morales in everything. She turns up and Hassan Minaj also shows up, but it's kind of a bit part. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate, like you said, Candace, that this is a shorter film. This movie kind of gets in and out in about an hour 45. Like, if you're going to bring in these people, I wanted this movie to do a little bit more, right? Mm -hmm. It's such a situation of like... An NBA team having one star and four pretty good people who played in the All-Stars, <laughs> but you can't give them all screen time. And Evan moss Backrack is definitely in that arena. I will say, I love Kyle Mooney in this. He plays Percy's, like, old nanny, a.k.a. Manny, mm-hmm. and there was such an opportunity for him to be a slime creep, and he ended up being a very altruistic, optimistic <laughs> presence in his life. Congrats to him. I will also say... There were supporting characters in this film who kind of went a bit nameless in the marketing, but I thought they were great. One of them is 
Jennifer Lawrence works at like an outdoor bar at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. and she is a boss who I think is wonderful and funny. And I was like, oh, that is a character I want to push and talk more to. Mm-hmm. The other person is Percy and Jennifer Lawrence are at dinner and he runs into a girl he used to go to school with who is also going to Princeton. And I thought she was really dynamic and as well, but also she could have been someone brought in earlier in the film as like, you know, this light of hope or at least this threat to Jennifer Lawrence's relationship with Percy. You know, sometimes I look at this script and I'm kind of like, if we had just shifted the time frame to start earlier, start later or something like that, I think I would have been a lot more forthcoming about how much I like this movie. But with all of that said, I will say that I think I really appreciate how Jennifer Lawrence very clearly threw herself into this role from a physical comedy standpoint. And I get the sense that she was someone who was trying to be very giving in all of her scenes. Even in the scenes with the parents, I actually thought there was good synergy of like, okay, I think we can actually get this ball rolling on a comedic level. So I will give her that. Yeah, and I I definitely think this is a very committed performance, up to and including slapstick nudity Mm, of a variety that I did not expect. I think that element of surprise is something that this movie doles out that I wanted it to lean harder into. But on balance, you know what? On a Saturday afternoon, once this thing's on streaming, I think it's pretty fun. Mm -hmm. And I will share one note, which is that I watched this at a crowded 7 p.m. Saturday night. And it was just full-on date night for everyone there. (laughs) And I do think Jennifer Lawrence should try another comedy. I would love to see that. Oh, absolutely. I do like that our takeaway is sort of like, it didn't quite work for me. I want more of it. Exactly, exactly. We got a taste. (laughs) I want the entree. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. All right. Well, we want to know what you think about No Hard Feelings. Find us at facebook.com slash PCHH. That brings us to the end of our show. Candice Lim, thank you so much for coming back and being here. Thank you so much, Stephen Thompson. It is always a pleasure. We want to take a moment to thank our Pop Culture Happy Hour Plus subscribers. We appreciate you so much for showing your support of NPR. If you haven't signed up yet, want to show your support and listen to this show without any sponsor breaks, head over to plus.npr.org slash happy hour or visit the link in our show notes. This episode was produced by Hafsa Fathima and edited by Jessica Reedy. Hello, Come In provides our theme music. Thank you for listening to Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. I'm Stephen Thompson, and we will see you all tomorrow. This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited 2x miles on every purchase. Plus, earn unlimited 5x miles on hotels and rental cars booked through Capital One Travel. Your next trip is closer than you think with the Venture Card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Online. Is your child asking questions on their homework you don't feel equipped to answer? IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. One subscription gets you everything. One site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And NPR listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com NPR. What does it mean to be Black in America? In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as the Black experience, you'll hear... 
it means everything. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts.